0: You're Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, I want to talk a little big picture Packers. I want to talk some secondary stuff because that is going to be a main focus of the offseason. And of course, we're going to, you know, dive deeper when we do our offseason report card series with the secondary. I want to start with this. Um, We, a couple weeks ago, and I guess it was right after the Packers lost in the NFC Championship game, I said... Um, and it was before that, in fact, I had a, a, a conversation with some people on Twitter about whether or not you would give up the last decade of Aaron Rodgers. So every, everything post-2010 for a Super Bowl this season. So the 2011 season, you don't get. The 2014 season, you don't get. The 2016 run-the-table season, you don't get. And the 2020 season, you don't get. But you also don't get. The heartbreak in 2011, the heartbreak in 2014, um, you know the disaster of the 2015 season, uh, the disaster of the 2017 and 2018 seasons, you don't get those. And I think there's an, another interesting way of framing it. And it was something that I talked about with uh, Bart Winkler on the fan in, in Milwaukee on the radio last week. He and I are now members of the same family, the Intercom and Radio.com family. Shout-out to him and and shout-out to them. And then Andy Herman brought this up, my Packer Report colleague, and he made it really simple. Tampa Bay in the last decade, 2 out of 10 winning seasons, one trip to the playoffs, 7 seasons finishing last in the division, but one Super Bowl win. By contradistinction, Green Bay, 8 out of 10 winning seasons. Eight trips to the playoffs, four trips to the NFC Championship game, zero Super Bowls. Tampa had almost as many seasons finishing last in the division as Green Bay had trips to the playoffs. Green Bay had more of them. What matters to you? What matters to you? And and I asked Nick Vile this, and he said, all that matters is Super Bowls. I said, okay, would you trade that for this? Would you trade a decade where you are wandering in the wilderness where you are aimless and you got to deal with Jameis Winston throwing 30 interceptions and you have to deal with teams that are terrible. You have to deal with a team that was so bad. They got the number one pick in a year where there was not a Trevor Lawrence in a year where there was not an Andrew Luck. You didn't get the benefit of that generational talent where there wasn't a Miles Garrett or a Deshaun Watson. And most of a decade of your life sucks. Sucks. It's awful. Your teams are bad. And yeah, you get a bunch of top 10 picks. And over the course of that, you get to draft Devin White. You get to draft Vita Vea. You get to have high second round picks. And you get to get guys like Antoine Winfield Jr. You get to use top 15 picks on Tristan Wirfs. You build a team over time, but but for a lot of that, you're bad. You're bad. And what I think is interesting is a couple years ago, I, I I asked the audience and, and my Twitter followers, would you change the outcome of the 2018 season? Would you say, okay, You, you would you rather have a playoff season where you knew You couldn't win the Super Bowl. You wouldn't win the Super Bowl, but you would get a playoff game or two. And it meant you kept Mike McCarthy. And there were some people that were like genuinely upset. There was another podcast um, that I'm not going to name. And they did a whole segment on on what a dumb question this was. I can't believe you would even ask that. Of course, you'd rather go to the playoffs. Well, okay. Isn't, Isn't this exactly the same? Where over the last decade, Green Bay sustained success. They gave themselves a ton of chances. And they just came up short a couple times. I mean, they were were very close on a couple of occasions. 2014 most notably, but I think 2020, right there. I mean, think of how different this would be. Wouldn't you rather have those memories? And maybe you wouldn't. There is no right answer here. I just, I wanted to frame it in a different way because I thought Andy's framing put it in in uh, better terms, at least the way that I look at it. And, and I think it sets up at least my perspective on it a little bit better. Because I was always the, I would rather have the Aaron Rodgers stuff. I would rather have the 2014 season. I would rather have run the table. Some of my favorite memories, some of my favorite games that I've been to, that I've watched, that I've experienced, came in that 2014 season. 2016, they didn't win the Super Bowl, but we got a signature Aaron Rodgers moment against the Cowboys. A signature moment. So, yeah, you you got a game. The one game and it's the big one, right? Cool. Cool. There are a lot of seasons with a lot of great games over the last 10 years. I would rather take the 10-year stretch where I have 20 games that I remember and go, hell yeah, those games were a blast to watch. Those teams were a blast to root for and to cover and to follow. Give me that. That's me. If you don't feel that way, that's fine. That's fine. If, if you if you would rather have the Super Bowl, listen, I understand that's your that's your perspective. That's your right. You get to be a fan however you want to be a fan. And if that's, if that's what you're looking for, if you think the Super Bowl is the only thing, you're probably the same people who are really mad about last year's draft. But this is also how you sustain success. And Green Bay has put themselves in a position over and over and over to knock on the door, to kick down that door. And I think it's worth mentioning how many times, how many sliding doors in the Patriots dynasty there were. I mean, if the tuck rule doesn't happen, if that game goes differently, a lot of things probably play out differently over the last 15 years. If Adam Vinatieri misses a kick here or a kick there, I mean, there are a lot of games this was really the first Super Bowl Tom Brady has been a part of where he won it, and it was convincing, decisive. I and mean, we've talked about the close game record there before. If it were a close game record for a season, the next year we'd say they'd regress. There's been a lot of luck that has led to his success in some of these close games. Now, of course, you know Brady's greatness is not with is not in doubt. That's not what we're doing here. But they're they're a couple bounces here or there away from, you know, he's got three or four rings. Green Bay is a couple bounces here or there away from having three or four rings. If Kevin King doesn't pull on the jersey, maybe Green Bay has a title. If Brandon Bostic catches the ball, if the fake field goal in Seattle doesn't work, maybe Green Bay has another title. If every offensive player on Green Bay doesn't forget how to catch in 2011, maybe Green Bay has another title. If just one or two of those fumbles go differently, if the Hail Mary sails out of the back of the end zone in 2011, maybe things go differently. But I don't know about you, 2011 was a blast to watch. We've never seen a quarterback do what Aaron Rodgers did that season. I've never seen the position. Patrick Mahomes, when he threw 50, not the same. With Tom Brady, when he threw 50, not the same. Peyton Manning, when he threw 50, not the same. They weren't doing what Rodgers did that year. It was a special season. It is not tarnished for me because they didn't win the Super Bowl. That was a flawed team, especially defensively. And I still think they were the best team and absolutely could have won the Super Bowl. They didn't play well in in the big moment. But they were just a a bunch of really unlucky bounces away from. I mean, they could have won that year. Easily, they, no doubt they could have won that year. The Giants won, and the Giants weren't very good. Green Bay, and and guess who did? Guess who they played in the Super Bowl? The Patriots. So all of that is is just to say, it doesn't matter if you agree with me or not, because that's not the point. There's no right answer here. I'm telling you my perspective. This is how I feel about it. You may feel differently. You know, Nick was like, I'm all about the Super Bowl. But there are, you know, and and you know, there are a lot of people on Twitter. It's all about the Super Bowl. And, and, and your perspective matters. If you're a Packers fan and you're old enough to have remembered 96, then your experience with 2010 is different. You know, when 96 happened, I remember how my grandfather reacted to it. How my dad reacted to it. They hadn't seen anything. I mean, there are decades of a barren wasteland. It wasn't the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. It was the barren wasteland of, of Lambeau Field because the teams weren't very good. And suddenly they were, and they won the Super Bowl for the first time in 30 years, and it was a big deal. Well, that made 2010 it's still awesome. Still awesome. But it's not the same. You know, I was, I was little in 96. Not little, little. I remember it. I was there. It was great. But I do not do one. It's different. Once you win one, it's different. It, Jets fans would do anything because they've lived through the suffering. They've done the wandering. So they just want the thing. No more labor pains. They want the baby. I totally get that. And and Buccaneers, it's the same thing. This franchise has been awful for Basically, its entire existence outside of a handful of seasons with Tony Dungy and then that one year with John Gruden and then now. And so they've experienced all the gut-wrenching losses. They've experienced the embarrassment of, you know, being a one-win, two-win team. They've experienced the embarrassment of being bad enough to need the first-round pick and and to have that that number one overall pick not pan out. You don't even give that guy a fifth-year option. It's a different perspective. So, for me, as someone who's watched this team for, you know, 30 years, I'm going to have a different perspective. There are fans who they were six, they were five when 2010 happened. They, they can't really appreciate it the same way. And so they're like, I want this Super Bowl. Enough with being close. Give me the Super Bowl. That's what I want. Totally reasonable. Totally reasonable. I get it. There's no right or wrong answer here. I just thought the framing of it when you look at the Bucs, because when I asked the question, the Bucs hadn't won yet. The Bucs are a great example of that feast or famine. I would I would rather, because I have 96 and 2010 in my back pocket, I would rather be always be good because losing seasons, man, losing seasons suck. 2018, I mean, it's different now because I, I cover the team and so... The the fan part of me that I grew up with, it's it's not quite on the surface in the same way anymore. I don't live and die with the team the same way anymore. Part of that is just also just getting older. Some of you don't have, ne- ne- have no idea what I'm talking about. You are exactly the same you were when you were eight, and again, totally fine. It's it's 2018 was brutal. 2017 was brutal, and and people listen to the show. I would come on and I was hot. I was hot after these games going, what is happening? What is going on? What are these guys doing? What are the the coaches doing? Imagine 10 years of that. That's a lot of pain. Now, does that make the Super Bowl win, that one win even better? Maybe. Maybe. But because I have those two wins in my pocket, I have those rings on my fingers I, I can prioritize differently, and I do. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That means they will match that first deposit up to 50%. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON. So pro football focus has, they use wins above replacement and they put this metric together and it's, it's the same as it is in baseball. I mean, the numbers may not be exactly the same, but we're, we're talking about the same sort of premise. And when they looked at secondaries from last year and the war generated from those secondaries, Green Bay, this may surprise you, was a top four group. And you say, well, how could that be? Kevin King, Josh Jackson had to play some in there. Channing Sullivan didn't have a great season. All that's true. Will Redman, Raven Green. What that does is it tells us how good Jair Alexander is. It tells us how good Adrian Amos is. How good Darnell Savage is and how good they are as a group, that they could generate that much value over the average secondary, even with an obvious hole on the boundary and an inconsistent slot corner. That's how good Jair Alexander is. That's how good he is at locking down one side of the field. That's how good Amos and Savage are in the middle of the field. I say that to say this. Think of how good they could be if you just had a solid guy on the other side. Just a solid guy. Just a a B, B minus. Not a superstar. Just a solid guy. Doesn't have to be anything great. Just someone who's not going to beat you by himself like Kevin King almost single-handedly did in the NFC Championship game. Defense, and this has been proven over and over, at least demonstrated, not about proven, but there is very good evidence, compelling evidence, that defense is more about your weak links. Where are you weak? And the teams that are good defensively are the teams that have very few weak links. And that's why disciplined defenses can overcome talent gaps. And it's why just because you have talent on defense doesn't mean you are going to be an elite defense as the Packers proved last year. When you have these holes, when you have these inconsistencies, it is easier for them to be exploited by offenses than it is the other way around. It is easier when you have offensive deficiencies, it's easier to scheme around. If you've got a receiver who doesn't run well down the field well, you might have another receiver who does, and so you can make up for that. If you've got a corner who doesn't run well down the field, receivers, they're going to line up their fast guy on your slow guy, and there's nothing you can do about it. And the, the thing that you can do about it is you can slide safety help to that side, but that leaves you vulnerable on the other side. That creates new problems for you. So just by the nature of how the game is played, it is much easier for an offense as the Packers did last year, by the way. To say, okay, well, you know, we don't have a great number two receiver, but we have these guys who can play a role. Alan Lazard is this great, big target, physical guy, great blocker, can can make catches in the middle of the field. You can use him on shot plays because he's got that buildup speed. So on double moves, on posts, uh, on those kinds of plays, he can he can help you. And then you've got MVS to stretch the field and Devontae to play everywhere. You don't need that you know number two receiver, that bonafide guy just because of how offense can be schemed up. If you don't have a number two corner, teams are going to attack it and they're going to attack it relentlessly. And I thought Shannon Sullivan, after some early struggles against the Bucks, you know, came back and, and really played a lot better. But you could still stand to upgrade that. You could you could say, look, I think he's going to get better. And, and I do think he's going to get better in in more playing time. This is a big gap from him coming from college. And, and he excelled in a reduced role but when he had a bigger role in philly he didn't really know what was going on and so this is all a big adjustment for him a a big gap in in where he was playing last year versus now he takes that big jump and it may take some time for him to acclimate corners are are not players who generally come out of college ready to go it takes time with these guys and and physically i think he has the athletic ability there's some, you know, some technique things here and there that that I think he can clean up. But generally, I like, I like what he brings and I, I'm not going to worry about your nickel corner. If Green Bay really had two boundary corners they felt good about, you could move Jair into the slot against a receiver who, who, if they were really beating you from the slot, you could do that. It's just not something that I would worry about. That's what makes this boundary corner spot so important for Green Bay to fix because it really is the spot. You know, there are going to be fans who go, "Oh, well, the linebacker, the linebackers were fine last year. Chris Barnes is fine. Camille Martin is fine." And up front, you've got Kenny Clark, Kingsley Kiki when healthy. The the combination of Lancaster and Lowry, those guys aren't great and and they might even be not very good. They're not going to they're not going to single-handedly hurt you. They're not going to single-handedly lose you a game. Right? Kevin King being bad can single-handedly lose you a game as we saw. It is the priority position this offseason. Full stop. Because offensive tackle is another premium position. Green Bay, we don't know what their plan is. With Elton Jenkins, he could be the right tackle of the future. We know David Bakhtiari is. And I don't think you use a first-round draft pick on a tackle just so you have someone when Bakhtiari may or may not be ready to start the season. You would take a tackle early because you think they are the, the right tackle of the future, assuming Elton Jenkins isn't that guy. There really isn't anyone else who, if you go from what they had last year to a first round talent, someone who hits just, to, and, and not even, you know, uh, that upper echelon first round talent, just take a guy who becomes a capable starter, go from sub replacement level to, you know, something a, a little bit above replacement level, the position where that would be the biggest jump is that boundary corner spot. If you replace Kevin King with someone who just doesn't kill you, then that that war number, and I think the eye test, says this defense can be really good because he was a weak link. And maybe that's Josh Jackson. Maybe this new defense, it's a zone-heavy defense, a lot of cover three, a lot of cover four, some cover two sprinkled in there, and very little man. Maybe that's what you need with Josh Jackson. Because I, I'm not ready to give up. And if you're going to play a bunch of two-deep safeties, then guess what? The, the speed issues such that they are for, for Josh, they're mitigated because you have two deep safeties and teams are just not going to beat you over the top. I think Joe Barry could be a great thing for Josh Jackson. I've said that on the show. And I've been made fun of by Packer fans for being the last guy who believes in Josh Jackson. By the way, I I uh, I, I think it's over for him, Burks. They just could. They, they don't want him on the field. And, she, and it's a shame because by all accounts, he's a great guy. He's a core special teams player. But as a down-to-down linebacker, this defense just doesn't think he could play. Now, Joe Barry may come in and say, Hey, I like the traits, I like the attitude, I like the intelligence. I think you can you can do something for us. Great. We'll see. We'll see. We still don't really know what that all is going to look like. We haven't heard from Joe Barry. We're still waiting on that. <laughs> still waiting on that. So the corner position is the spot. It's the spot because defense is so Predicated on that weak link theory, and they just don't really have weak links other other places. They have things you can upgrade. You can upgrade the defensive line. Sign JJ Watt. And we'll, and we'll finish the we'll finish the podcast on that. But your defensive linemen are fine, especially Clark and Kiki. If you're going to play a lot of four man fronts with two defensive linemen and two edge guys, which I think they're going to do, then you 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 have capable players. Kiki is higher than a replacement level defensive lineman. And so you don't have to worry about that. And, and the same thing with the linebackers. So if that's the case, then the one guy that's really hurting you, the one spot is that boundary corner. And so that has to be the focus of this offseason. And, and every time Green Bay's had a bugaboo spot like that, Brian Gudekinst, he's gone out, he's signed somebody, and he's thrown a bunch of draft capital at it. I think that's exactly how Green Bay is going to handle the cornerback position this offseason. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counter guy goes over to his computer, choosing only only the brands his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers, You have a a smartphone. You have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rock Auto is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, prices at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Let's finish on this. There was a report out of Texan's Daily, it was Mike Fisher's report. Um I I don't know the media landscape down there well enough to know um you know what the what the situation is with some of these people and and what their their hit rate is on some of this stuff. But he said reported according to a source and he's a normally a Cowboys guy but you know um that the most likely outcome for JJ Watt is in Green Bay it's not a huge leap to make that claim um a lot of the odds makers agree although bet online d- does not um they see them more like the second most likely option after Pittsburgh Tampa Bay and Buffalo is right there too I-, I I have nothing to add to the report I just wanted to let you know that that report existed it's out there um it sounds like Green Bay is a very real player here and I guess we can't have a podcast any day without addressing it because it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. And it's a huge deal to fans. And it's, it would be a huge deal to the team. It would be a huge deal for JJ. And so I guess until until there is a signing. And, and I would expect JJ to take his time, mull his options. There's going to be plenty of people interested. I mean, if it's a dozen teams, as Werder reported, he's got a lot of... Of ideas to sift through, okay, which which situation is best for me, which team is best for me, which city is best for me. And then you figure out money. And there's not everyone is going to be able to afford to pay what he's worth. He has to decide um, how much he wants to to push on that end. Cause, you know, two teams, presumably who he'd really like to play for, Green Bay and Pittsburgh, don't have a lot of money. So they've got to figure that part of it out. All right, we'll be back tomorrow, five days a week. Remember the off season, we don't sleep. We just keep plugging, we keep chugging, and we've got a lot more to get to coming up later in the week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.